I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Years and Timestamps, the book club podcast. And today we're talking about chapters 1 through 21 of Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Lim, young adult fantasy novel of a vaguely, I guess not vaguely Asian theme. It's definitely an Asian theme, but I don't think it's necessarily clear what more specifically the area of Asia might be inspired by, though I think it's pretty heavily Japanese. The naming conventions are pretty Japanese. Is origami Japanese? In its origin, yes, I believe. Huh. I'm pretty I'm pretty positive on that. Okay, that's probably what it was. Because I was trying to explain to mom what we were reading. Mm-hmm. It feels like this story is based a lot in folklore or like mythology. I couldn't think of the right well, word. I'm sure that it is in the same way that like all of our stories... You can find an element of whatever, you know, our stories are. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I know. like a lot of like European stories always harken back to like those Grimm's fairy tales, mm-hmm. like, you know, like Hansel and Gretel and all of that sort of stuff. Even if they're not making direct reimaginings of those stories, those elements are pervasive because they are the ones that you grow up listening to when you're in those environments. Yeah. They straight up ripped them off in Harry Potter. They're like, I'm just going to write this last book about the brothers. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, this one's about all the fairy tales that inspired your life. It's like, JK, JK, stop it. Do you think that's what her friends call her? JK? Maybe. Uh, I don't think I could tell you what her first name is. I have no idea. Oh, well. Jerry. Judith Knowledge Rowling. Judith Knowledge. <laughs> Judge Knowledge Rowling. Uh, that would be the worst. To be named Author Judge. name. Oh. Uh, pseudonym. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Author names? Yeah. They have, yeah, pseudonyms. Eric Blair, the actual George Orwell. Mm-hmm. I know Stephen King's too. Uh, Richard Bachman. Um, oh, but all, all I was bringing up the mythology part, it's always interesting to see stories and shows that are based in a different type of culture. And, mm-hmm. and since like America is like- Something foreign to you. Yeah. Something you're not used to seeing. Yeah. And it's it's really been kind of eye-opening like when we branch out into these other books that are very heavily based on like other cultures. Because mm-hmm. growing up here, we think like, oh, we're a big melting pot. But then a lot of people shy away from their culture, even if they don't. They're in a community that's surrounded by that culture. So they Which embrace it. Which can become it. a little insular. Yeah. And some, you know, sometimes that can happen. So, yeah, it's kind of. Sometimes that can be forced upon them as well. Exactly. Yeah. And even in that sense, too, like you can be in your own culture and you might not know much of others. But it's really kind of shown me how little exposure I've had to other things. Oh, yeah. That's what's always so cool about the Studio Ghibli movies. I always tell people they're like Japan's version of Disney. Mm -hmm. Just like if you grew up hearing their folk tales and and fairy tales and stuff, you'd probably write stories in this vibe. Right. Different morals and things that it'd be based on. And not drastically. That's why they're still fascinating and why Disney's probably global. And Studio Ghibli is making a, I don't know if it's making a comeback or if people are just now realizing. Well, exists because of Disney. Yeah? Yeah. They're like. Disney was putting out such incredible stuff whenever they were first there, like Snow White being, you know, the first film. Everybody was like, man, we cannot compete with that. And I don't know like how like super mega documented this is, but at the very least, what is the popular theory is that what would then become anime, the people making that were like, let's just write really fucking good stories. If we can't animate that well, let's beat them in a different way. And so they just developed a very unique and guild way of writing stories for these shows that they were making so that they could still put out a product that was worth watching. Yeah. Even if it didn't look as good as the product next to it on the shelf. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were probably taking advantage of a lot of techniques that shows like One Piece use now when they're trying to use up a bunch of time. They'll just go back and forth between still panels <laughs> of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, or saving techniques. Exactly, just to burn time. I, I was listening to this one One Piece review thing, and it said that the show was 118 episodes, and the chapters like 104. It was like never <laughs> should the show be longer than the amount of chapters that there are, and it didn't 
have filler. It just was reusing a lot of the same stuff and it was, yeah. it was aggravating. But I don't know. It's fun with these books getting to expose ourselves to new culture that mm-hmm. might not be super obvious, but I've been trying to pay attention. Like the origami thing. I feel like that's a real story that was told. Yeah, I think that's like an old Japanese idiom. Like I feel like I've heard that before being referenced in a show or yeah. something else that I've taken in. Yeah, I don't know if it's you necessarily get like a wish. I think that's what happens in this world, right? Get a wish granted or something. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> it, uh, the, the wise tale in this yeah. universe. I think it's probably just in the real world. It seems like it'd be something... Because don't, don't they put uh, origami cranes on, on like, grave sites or, like, ceremony? Like, I always see people, well, like, a bunch of Princess things. Diana's thing, thing, like, their ceremony. Like, mm-hmm. they put a bunch of, I think, origami. I don't know. It just, it seems like it's something to, something with your ancestors. <laughs> to, not to make it, like, <laughs> well, I don't know anything, it's, but it's, it feels it's like, like. It's not unlike people use flowers. I mean, you can use flowers in almost any situation, right? Yeah. Applicable to a bunch of different scenarios. Yeah. Made me want to do an origami crane. Yeah. Yeah, seems like I should know how to do that. <laughs> right? Uh, Just, sure. Doesn't it seem like something I would know how to do? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you put it that way, I could see what you're saying. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to say that you should remember having done it like in third grade or something. And I was like, I don't fucking remember it. I remember doing it back then. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember how to do it. No, <laughs> you know? Can't be hard. People are making a thousand of them. Yeah. And they're not well, doing it. Can't it can't be hard to just make a literal shape of a crane, but to make a very nice one. Well, could be a totally 10,000 hours, bro. <laughs> 10,000 hours. <laughs> Become an, an expert. That's 10 hours per one. Yeah. That's how you get a thousand cranes. I think the fun part in this story, too, was we kept touching on stuff that was relatively familiar, Mm -hmm. even though it was still based in a different mythology background. Mm -hmm. I think I might have been reaching for some similarities, like that five Chinese brother story that I always bring up. Yeah. (laughs) Because she had like all these different brothers and they were exiled. I was going to make up like they all had different powers and we'd learn about them later. And I'm sure they do. I mean, they all have some sort of magic within them. Yeah, they do mention their different strengths that they have. Yeah. I was going to be like, one of them can suck up the ocean (laughs) in a single breath. And uh, I I don't think that that's where Miss Lamb was. (laughs) I forgot her first name. I I don't think that that's where she was drawing inspiration from the Five Brothers story. But it just made me think of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, the origami crane. That was cool. The dragon, I I was telling you before the show, it reminds me of the the book that we were reading a while back with the the Louisiana Swamp Dragon. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. Who wrote that again? It was the person who wrote the Artemis Fowl series. Oh, that's why we trusted it so blindly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even as somebody who had never read the Artemis Fowl series. Yeah, we were just like, if if you got a series out, your one-off's probably fine. (laughs) (laughs) Owen Colfer. Ah, well... It reminds me of that. The dragon in this one reminds me of that guy. Even though this is a still a young dragon, still captures the essence of knowing he's higher up on the chain. Oh, than yeah. You, you know? He's a superior being. Exactly. Yeah. I get that same vibe. It's probably got to do a little bit with the way the narrator is doing the voice. But even the voice is hitting me kind of like that. And it's just the yeah. way he's talking is it just reminds me of that other dragon. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny and it makes me laugh because I'm imagining that's what he turns into, like a funny swamp dragon. <laughs> um, and then these the swamp dragon I was imagining as, uh, do you remember that cartoon with that like kid and the apple and the dragon? Puff the Magic Dragon. Was that a cartoon we watched in school? No, that's not Puff the Magic Dragon. I was thinking, what am I um, thinking about? I'm thinking about, I know exactly what it, well, the, the dragon is animated. Yeah. But the boy is live action and they just rotoscope the dragon in or something like that. Hmm. Pete the Magic Dragon. Something like that, probably. Pete. Pete. The dragon and boy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pete's Dragon. Yeah, that sounds right. Maybe that, that sounds like a new movie. Did they remake it? Not that I know of. 
Oh, well, I might not even be imagining that dragon. I'm imagining a dragon that's a silly cartoon dragon when I think of that mm-hmm. one. But, um, well, what do you what do you think about this? Oh, I guess I can ask you in a sec. You're, you're looking up the... Uh... <laughs> Pete's dragon is the one that I was thinking of where the... it's a, They did just make a new Pete's dragon. Mm. That came out in 2016. Uh, I, did, I had fucking no idea. That was off my radar. What was I doing in 2016? I was complaining about something, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, the Pete's dragon, the one that I was thinking of is like a... That, what is it like 1977 is when it came out yeah and it was like a it was a wonder of movie magic they've got this cartoon character to fucking sit next to like a real person mm. or whatever like yeah um but i'm really enjoying this book so far yeah i haven't been trying to look for something wrong with it but i haven't noticed anything wrong with it there was a point where i thought like okay why do we think that Raikama, her stepmother hates her like why mm-hmm. why is that just like a known thing why have we accepted that as the truth and then as soon as I was starting to get a little exasperated with it and I was like, like uh, starting to ask the question, why do we think this still was when we got the reason mm-hmm. explained to us. And I was like, OK, well, that was pretty well done because I was starting to get annoyed with it. And then I got my answer. You know? Yeah. But that was the only time that I was sort of starting to find an issue. Otherwise, I haven't had like anything to really complain about almost at all. Everything makes sense so far. The mm-hmm. character motivations make sense. I don't mm-hmm. have like an issue with any of the plot points so far. It's moving a little quickly through some things, but I think that's just because they're relatively inconsequential things and there's places we need to go. Yeah. This is also the first in a series. Mm-hmm. So how many are there supposed to be? How much is going to happen if we're always moving this quickly? Um, um, one for each brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I really am enjoying it pretty thoroughly so far. Yeah. I like her little fairy crane. <laughs> yeah. Forgot its name already. I forgot several of the names. Our main character, Shiori, and then I remember a couple of her brother's names. Like Hasho is her favorite one, the her youngest brother. Mm-hmm. What was her mom's name again? You just said it. Raikama. Oh, Raikama. I was like, is that related to dragon? <laughs> no, it <laughs> is. The dragons, uh, Seryu. Seryu. Yeah, I don't remember all the character names. Yeah, they're not. They don't stick super easily. At least we also don't spend a ton of time with them mm-hmm. until very recently. The separation from the family happens relatively quickly. That was probably like I don't know, like chapter eight or nine or something like that. Yeah. Maybe even before that. Then we spend a lot of time with just Shiori and her paper crane, whatever its name is, mm-hmm. you know, just say Daisy for now. And then even when she gets back with her brothers, they separate several times because yeah. of what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. They have their own mission. And now she's separated from them again mm-hmm. at the castle up north with the barbarians, as she calls them. Barbarians. Yeah. And just the way she was able to embrace her magic so quickly. That was cool. I appreciated that. It's fun when magic's more of a feel. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, I, I can't teach you how to do this. Right. That's even like what the dragon said. It works because this book isn't about how the magic works, which is something that we talk about all the time yeah. when we read these books, you know? Like, they spend a lot of time explaining to us how magic works in the inheritance cycle. Mm-hmm. And it works for that series for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe because the rest of the story was in large parts kind of lacking. So it was yeah. kind of like, well, let's get into the world a little bit more and explain. I have this original idea about how magic works. Yeah. Let me exhaustively explain it. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that ruins stories. Classic example that I bring up always is the midichlorians and star Wars. Mm. Like, you know, there's no reason to put science to magic. 
almost ever. But this book doesn't do that at all because it knows no one fucking cares. That's not what this is about. You know, this story is about this girl and her siblings Mm -hmm. and the adventure that they're going on. Her magic is just a catalyst and a tool that she gets to use, you know? Yeah. And we accept that magic exists. We know that almost going into the fucking books. You don't need to win us over by explaining how it makes sense, you know? Yeah. We're already on your side. Yeah, the world is enriched with the magic. It's not all about the magic, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I enjoy that it's just an innate part in the people that we're dealing with. Also, it's the classic, like, she had to repress her magic. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> right. And her thousandth uh, paper crane was turned into her fairy, right? She made a thousand of them? No, she didn't. She was just making a couple of them? Yeah. I think she was trying to make them, but like everything that she was doing at that time, she was pretty half-assed. Mm. I don't remember if it said how far she got, maybe like a couple hundred or something, but that watch, was whenever watch that number be significant. Daisy came around. I, remember, I can't believe I don't remember its name. It gets said Kiki. She makes 666. Kiki's its name. She summons a demon. she just didn't notice she like blacked out then next thing you know oh no it'd be 444 in japan right Mm, yeah yeah or is there negatively auspicious number Ooh, what if that's how many she made and then it's a demon (laughs) that would not be cool i like her i like the little kiki yeah he's cool for a relatively lifeless bird the voice reminds me of like a fairy in zelda like oh yeah 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 nabby (laughs) hey Listen. Now a good time for the sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> I will, um, I don't know how to transition that. Well, now you'll hear a word from our sponsor. That will do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it. What do you think Rykama's deal is? Why, what's the, what's deal? the deal with Rykama? <laughs> the classic Dietz question. Rykama. She seems to have, like, she's part of some bigger plan that's mm-hmm. happening, right? She's part of some kind of organization that's trying to do something. And her being in the position that she's in is key to that because she keeps telling Shiori, don't interfere. Mm -hmm. Things that you can't understand are happening right now. The sort of like classic villain line. Yeah. um, For the greater good. Thinking that they're doing something for the greater. Yeah. The the Grindelwald, the the Hitler. (laughs) But, um, but what is that? What is this greater good? Is that the greater story that we get across this book series? We start to learn whatever that is and either fight it or join it yeah Mm. or is she just evil is this like a monster of the week situation where there's a new enemy in each book and she's the current one maybe i don't know she's the one that banished all of her like she's the evil stepmom right like are they her sons that she banished no i didn't think so so she's got to have some sort of magic she's the one that turned them into cranes right yeah yeah she's got a whole ass dragon heart oh yeah or pearl oh yeah forgot about that and jory she, she has, has a, like a just fragment, a fragment of yeah, our from stereo which is a big deal yeah hmm, that's weird she kill a dragon do you have to well that's part of what yeah. we don't know yeah stereo says he doesn't know of any whole ass dragon pearl going missing or mm-hmm. whatever i guess the dragon community is pretty close-knit or whatever because he's like, I would have heard about something like that. And then Jordi describes it like it was dark instead of blindingly light. Like, yeah, he, like Sergio said that it would be. And he's like, oh, that sounds strange. So it's like outside of something that he's familiar with, even though it is unmistakably a dragon pearl. Maybe she's like an ancient dragon. Like she's been around for a long time and she's, well, she's been like forgotten a snake about of some sort. Yeah. Because she turns into a snake in front of the dragon pearl and then Sergio says, well, that's her true form then because you can't lie to a dragon pearl. Yeah. Or like anybody but a dragon wouldn't be able to do this. What if she like conquered a dragon with magic? Mm-hmm. But this is still like a long, long time ago. And then I'm sort of making it like a Lord of the Rings, the one ring situation. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Or even like with the Ents, how it's been so long, they just forgot. 
Like mm-hmm. they heard about a dragon that went off and is like infiltrating some dynasty or whatever, or is like playing the long game. I feel like that probably might be another theme too. I know that's something that is pushed out in like Asian cultures is like a 50 year plan, not just like a 10 year oh, right, plan, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So I could see that being something here where maybe she is a dragon that's had this long plan going and that's why she's extra like don't right. interfere. And dragon's probably the wrong word, but maybe if you take over a dragon heart with the magic, you're not a dragon. Maybe you can still transform into something. I don't know. I'm just making up the rules. I mean, and we don't know them, so I don't know why I'm doing that. But what do you think about her? I don't know. Yeah. I think that she's, she has to be part of like the bigger plan, whatever Mm -hmm. the bigger plan is, whatever this organization is, right? I don't think that she's like the chief of it. I think that she might be like a lieutenant of it or something like that, you know? Not Mm. like at the bottom of the pole, conqueror, our great enemy, only to find that the pool is much bigger, you know? I don't think it's one of those situations. I think that she's probably important in the plan by a pretty great degree. I mean, she's, you know, at this point, the queen consort of the leading empire. Mm -hmm. So it's probably a big deal. But I don't think she's in charge of it. Whatever this greater plan is, is the thread for the rest of the series, however long it is, which makes me think that it's going to be like a six book series or something, you know, because when you try to get involved in something that big, if that doesn't become the entirety of the following books, like it's mm-hmm. going to take time to get through. Yeah. I mean, it, it always seems like people go for the classic three or way more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The trilogy or bust. Yeah. Or not trilogy or bust, but trilogy or everything else. Yeah. Like five plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of hope it doesn't continue into a six-part series. I guess if somebody said that about Harry Potter, everybody would be pissed. But you saw what she was doing seven years of school. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, This one's not so obvious where we're going to end up or what's going to happen. Like, And then it's all up to Shiori to fix everything. Obviously, she's the main character. Yeah. I guess if she becomes like the hero, she's the one. You know, she's Neo. Yeah. And she's got her fairy, her ancestor, her Mushu or whatever from (laughs) Mulan. The oh, that Kiki or Sergio? Kiki. Okay. Who was I talking about? I oh, switched to. I, I switched to. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? The Chiori. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I switched to her. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And she's got her Mushu Kiki. Mm-hmm. She's not linked to Kiki, right? Like, if Kiki dies, she's good. Yeah. But vice versa, no. Right. Right. So, do you think that Kiki's even real? Is it just like her imagination? No, because everybody else can see her. <laughs> no, no, no. But like. The personality is just oh. another part of her personality. Like it's not, it's not a different. She didn't create a life. Yeah, a life form. Yeah. She she summoned like a, a weird part of her personality that's now this fairy thing. Um, which I hate to even be like, well, maybe that explains all the summoning creatures. <laughs> but I guess that's certainly possible. But I feel like that's explaining the magic, and that's which not the what book we're is about. not what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, the, the book's not doing that. I think very purposefully. So I don't think that's what we're supposed to interpret. Yeah. Because he sort of still behaves while they're separated. Mm -hmm. Like she shows up finally at the castle and talks about how she did all this and all that while she was trying to find Jory and, you know, talking about her brothers and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, she is still behaving while they're apart. Yeah. And theoretically, Jory's projection of personality wouldn't exist at that point, you know? So she can create new life forms. Well, it's just magic. <laughs> no, right? I know, I know. It's just, it's fun to, I don't know, I guess it's fun to break it down like that, but that's not what this book's about. It's not about the fun. No, it's not about needing to know what's what's going on. Um, I can appreciate that. I don't need to know everything. I think I prefer when it's that way, yeah. ultimately. I'm well, ready to buy into things like that. I picked up a fantasy novel on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> You I didn't like accidentally grab this book and say, well, well, shit, I already bought it. I guess I have yeah. to like it. No, 
yeah, yeah, I have to like this now because I paid for it. Um, it's easier to fall in love with the characters too. It's more about their stories and yeah. and, and less about the world. Mm. Interesting. I wonder how you're going to like Dune because I can't remember if it's like a crazy world building story because there is a lot of that. Yeah. But I do also remember there being fun backstory with mm-hmm. the, the witches and their history, star character going through it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that in sci-fi, one of the reasons that they have a tendency to over explain things is they're introducing something that is figuratively and literally alien to us mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like a whole other planet and a whole other culture that thinks and does something differently than any other human that we've ever had the opportunity to meet before. Mm-hmm. Like, I can go to Japan. I can go to Russia. I can mm-hmm. go to South Africa and experience these things. I cannot go to space and experience an alien civilization, right? So I don't have the same shorthand that I do for real humans. Even if I don't know everything about Russia, I can look at a person from Russia in the face and see a mood at the very least, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might be getting too granular with my example here. But so the answer that a lot of sometimes bad science fiction does is okay, well, now we just have to over explain it. So that they can be on the same page as me, the person who envisioned this world. Yeah. Know? And so I think that that's what happens in those situations sometimes. Yeah. I know that Dune sort of rides the line between fantasy and sci-fi though, right? Like it's not just about space. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's got, it does have a, like a fantasy element and, mm-hmm. and it's pretty strong throughout. I think that might be maybe why it got so renowned because it was both and it might, mm. we'll see, I guess how, how well it dances the line of over explanation. And that's a good point too, with sci-fi that I never thought, I mean, that must be why it's so easily like a hit or miss or like you can lose their attention because you're over explaining because you're, you're trying to build this foreign world. Sometimes less is more in that situation, but mm-hmm. it also can, it can backfire. I felt like, um, Oh shoot. I can't remember the name of that last space book that we read with the, uh, Oh, uh, Persephone Station. Yes, that one I felt like yeah. was a little bit lacking with their, like, like I felt like there was a lot of character building in that, which was cool. It was like they were playing in a sci-fi world, but making it more like a fantasy story, like mm. how it's like, I don't know, character building and not trying to over-explain, but I feel like maybe I would have wanted a little more there. It, it's hard to find the line, I guess, Yeah, of what's too much, but I, I feel like it's even harder maybe in sci-fi. Probably so. It might be the people that like sci-fi, like that are, have that like dorky mind of like over explaining. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I get in trouble for over explaining a lot and I have Reed would always be like, dude, stop explaining stuff. Like every engineer that I ever talked to over explain stuff and not to say that I'm an engineer, but like back <laughs> in college, I would over explain stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like sometimes that's what you get an author, just somebody that's like, you're saying too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't yeah. need it. And, because oh, it's like important to them, you know, mm-hmm. that they came up with it and they want to share it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be hard to dial back yeah. on how much you need to let out at once. You know, you can, yeah. if the world is so large that it needs to be a series and you're going to write a series, let the explanation spread out over the series. You mm-hmm. know, the problem that I have with over explanation is that so frequently it's just a waste of time. Yeah. Um, sort of like what I was talking about with like, I'm, I've already bought into the magic of this world. I don't need to know why it exists. Yeah. Or how it works. I just need to know that it does exist and it can be used for the benefit of the story to move along. It would be a waste of time for them to explain it to me because I'm already bought in. Like, don't disrespect me as a reader. That's what I was <laughs> I about don't to say. Need this explained. I understand. I can follow. You People know? are pretty smart. Like, that's why I think we've talked about it before. They, but they say, directors say, like, come in late and leave early, like for a scene, because people are smart. They can put together the context of what's going on. Mm-hmm. The setting will tell you a lot and then get out of there because that's the end of the moment. You don't even need to necessarily show them hitting the other person or fighting the other person. You need to just like 
and the arm was raised and then like next thing you know like the next scene like she's walking in with a black eye right. <laughs> or whatever you know i don't know why i made it a domestic abuse scene <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah it's it's nice to leave a little mystery in there mm-hmm. i think this book's doing a good job it's fun it's playful yeah I'm, i mean i'm bought into the magic i like the characters i really like the dragon guy yeah got a fun attitude mm-hmm. like you say it's very dragon attitude mm-hmm. which is always good feels like the fun version of an elf you know the fun version of an elf. Yeah. Like elves are so eternal and wise that I feel like they're just like, oh, I won't. The dragons mind. know how to party. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. They're made of fire or whatever, dude. That's true. <laughs> Can't keep that inside. It's unhealthy too. Probably. You think it is? it'd be unhealthy for a dragon to keep their fire in? Dude, maybe. I don't know. They're not real. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Remember that documentary? Ring on Animal fire. Planet? Oh, Animal Planet. Uh, I was thinking about the movie with. Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah. It was a fucking sweet movie. It was a stupid movie, but it was cool. You know what movie I really want to watch again? Hmm. Tremors. Tremors. Yeah. I feel like you mentioned this recently. I think that there was a preview for it in that Harry Potter movie we just watched. Or something felt very close to Tremors. Oh, yeah. That sounds familiar. Movies are fun, dude. I'm glad they're back open. I went to the movies with my buddy Frankie and we... Uh, Franker? <laughs> my Frankie. And we saw a scary movie. It was cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, movies are great. I went a couple of times during the like the pandemic pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, once Alamo started like opening up back up and had all the restrictions that they still have largely in place, which I appreciate is why I continue to go back to them during the pandemic because it's still, you know, it feels safe enough. I saw Tenet, mm-hmm. the new Christopher Nolan film, still undecided on, you know, how good it is. I went and saw 2001 A Space Odyssey. I thought that would be neat. Was it? That was, it was trippy, dude. I uh, got myself handily inebriated beforehand. Mm hmm. And uh, then the movie was fucking trippy. That's all I can really say. It's a weird movie. It's not. It's not really a a good movie. Yeah. But it's extremely unique. I think you were telling me about that one. Yeah. You're like, I don't know how I feel about this movie, but everyone should see it so that they can tell me how they feel. <laughs> it's an experience, you know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to where this is going. This mm-hmm. book. I don't know if she's necessarily gonna bring like revolution to the entire like by the end, but. Right. Yeah. Does it get that big and cliche? Yeah. <laughs> Where and then it's a series. Where does she go after that? Does she stat- save her brothers? Does she? Yeah, we'll see, I guess. But yeah, how far do we get in this? Because we've finished half of it now, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we're at the point of breaking the curse. I don't think that that's going to happen in this book. Mm-mm. I feel like that takes at least one more book. She's going to get a big dragon promise, too, I think, because they mm-hmm. mentioned that early on. They're like, dragons don't make promises to humans. And then she's like, because dragons don't keep their promises or whatever. He's like, no, we always keep them. Right. And then it's like, that sounds like magic to me. Mm-hmm. like a house elf style magic of like <laughs> uh, if i say the word i promise it's like i am magically bound to do that or blow up which is house elf <laughs> magic <up. laughs> that's what it feels like with house elf yeah like that's why a creature could teleport back out of the depths of hell in voldemort's cave or whatever where all the underwater demons were pulling him under oh right yeah and he's just like i gotta go back and then he crack and goes back yeah, I remember that. Or he would have blown up. <laughs> yeah, he would have blown up, which would have been, I guess, as bad as not being able to get out of the thing. Yeah, if Voldemort had thought about making it, they didn't think about house uh, self house magic. magic proof. Then he would have he's probably so, would have succeeded. So self centered, I know. <laughs> That's what Dumbledore was, was always saying. If he wasn't so fucking self centered, he probably would have got away with it. <laughs> yeah, it takes one to no one, Dumbledore. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna puppeteer everyone as part of my plan. Right. For the greater good. good. (laughs) Hitler's plan. Um, And then when you said that earlier, I was like, dude, that is so funny. He called the mother, (laughs) he called the Shiori's mother Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) The greater good, the Hitler plan. 
shouldn't promote it like that. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's bad promoting. That. <laughs> bad promotion. Um, that's a little, that's a dated. <laughs> yeah. Didn't age well. Did you take any notes? I only no. had the one note where I was like, why do we think Raikama hates us? And immediately after I took that note, I got <laughs> the explanation. I said, oh, well, I guess I'll delete that note. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I like that she met her brothers as like cranes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was silly. And they did they transform right there? I mean, I know they transformed. I can't remember how early. Well, they transform whenever the sun goes down. Oh, yeah. Okay. The sunlight transforms them back into cranes. Fun. Yeah. I just imagine them like flying off as cranes in the night. I don't think they can <laughs> at work. I've been listening and mm-hmm. I don't really necessarily think I know what their plan is. I remember when Shuri was like, they're doing their thing and I have my own yeah. mission to take care mm-hmm. of. But it's like, are they after revenge? They're trying to find out what Raikama's true name is. Oh, yeah. Because and that'll help break to, the curse. Yeah, they have to right? whisper. Yeah, the thing that the enchanter that her brothers ran into while mm-hmm. they were looking for her originally mm-hmm. was you got to go get whatever that crazy plant is from the island that's guarded by Super Dragon Man. Yeah. King of Dragons. I don't know why I had to like give him a stupid title. Like, I don't know the word king. The Super Dragon Man oh. is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh like thistle nettle or something stupid thistle nettle <laughs> <laughs> star nettle or star thistle or something like uh, that yeah whatever it's magic and, sh- and we have a net thistle. of it because that's the only way that you can capture a dragon pearl mm. and then you have to whisper her true name or something or she already has to say her true name to her and then that will break the curse so they have to find out what her true name is and yeah. that's what they're trying to do they're doing reconnaissance mm. how to figure out if anybody knows anything about her and how to get that while she works on knitting the net Weaving the net, knitting yeah. the net. You don't knit a net. You ain't knit no net. You don't knit a net? No. You weave a net. Yeah. You only knit or like. tie a net maybe. Maybe people tie them. You only knit like mittens and yeah. hats. And... Well, because knitting implies that you're using needles, right? Mm. And you don't, that doesn't make sense for a net. Yeah. I could argue like, well, I would use a needle in this. Sense, but <laughs> no. I guess you, you could make it. a net, you know, in that way. It would just not be very permeable. No, I mean, I was, I would end up just saying, using it as like the needle as the point of when you're weaving it together, you're still weaving it. You're not mm-hmm. knitting. <laughs> the, the needle just made it. So you had a point that you could like oh, yeah. go over and under and over and under and over <laughs> the, the net. Oh, right. Yeah. How much thistle they need? A bunch of this? You got a bunch. Yeah. You got a ton. Yeah. She pulled up like a bunch of plants and she was all like beat up because of it. Yeah. Because they're like magic, <laughs> like bad magic, like evil magic. Ooh. Uh-oh. They're using dark magic to... Yeah. That's not good. Or is it okay? Uh, I mean, Anakin. I mean, it doesn't seem to be necessarily either. Anakin did bring balance to the force by the dark side. That's true. Right? Yeah. I like. It's also in, stupid that the Jedi thought that they needed somebody to bring balance to the force at that point. They yeah. ran, they didn't run the galaxy, but they were the strongest police force in the galaxy. Mm. Why did they think that balance needed to be brought to the force? That doesn't make. Why did they not know that that meant they were, would be defeated? It's just so stupid. God, the, the prequels suck. How do you not see that them being the main police force of the universe is not a problem and they needed to be brought balanced? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't even say no. I'm just saying, how do they not see that as yeah. being the answer? Like, it's, well, it's that, like that's being the only... The, the only kingdom on Earth and then you say, man, we really need somebody to tip the scales in our favor. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You're already on top by a large margin. Isn't that what they're saying, though? Like, they shouldn't be on top? Like, that's not the best way to lead? Well, that's role. the really stupid, cheesy, like, uh, theme of the story, yes. But what I'm complaining about is how did the Jedi declare he's going to bring balance to the Force? We need him, just like the prophecy says. And they not see the reality of the situation. Oh, we're the ones in power. Bringing balance to the force means our downfall. 
Like it's, oh, they didn't think it was going to bring them down. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. They didn't realize that. How did they yeah. not realize that's what they meant? They were the ones in power. Bringing balance would mean bringing them down and bringing mm. something else up. I see. That's what balance means. You know, <laughs> how did they not get that? It's so fucking stupid. Well, I didn't get it, I guess. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so dumb. The prequels are just the fucking stupidest. Probably because the Metachlorian count. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> When you and then whenever that, the characters have the realizations like, oh, he wrote, oh, he did bring balance. You're like, yeah, yeah, we figured that out a while ago, bro. I like it when I guess magic is ambiguous, though. It's like this is silly, but in uh, Adventure Time, Peppermint Butler, Princess Bubblegum's yeah. Butler, uh-huh. he uses dark magic, like he uses dark sorcery and like transfigures people into monsters and stuff. <laughs> and but he uses it to do good for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's just like ironic that he's using evil magic and evil spells that he's learned. Like he goes right, down into yeah. this crazy dungeon <laughs> to like do these spells and it's it's funny, but it's like he's using bad magic for good. So mm-hmm. is it good? <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's, it's just more justify amb- the means. Exactly. Mentality. Yeah. And it's like, I guess it's more ambiguous too. like, and, and in this world, they're using this thistle to get her dark black dragon orb or whatever, dragon heart. Like it. I mean, the curse, to be fair, sounds like that was a bit of dark magic. So you probably might have to do a little dark to undo the dark. But it's just fun when... Two darks make a light. Maybe. Like negatives in math. No, like, you know, the opposite of the saying, two wrongs don't make a right. And light also rhymes with right. Mm, Man, I'm slow today. (laughs) (laughs) Not getting any of these zingers. Dang, it's okay. Most of my jokes are not getting a good reception lately. Mm -hmm. I'm just, uh, you know, getting used to it. It's okay. That's how it is. I'm not funny anymore. Well... I need to be drunker and living in Boston to be funny again. That's when I was at my funniest. I did the analytics. It's true. Um, dang, what was I saying? We're talking about the dark magic with dark oh, magic. Oh, yeah. That's it. I mean, I guess I had already said it all. It's just, it's fun when ma- magic is, is just ambiguously yeah, ambiguous. magic. You know, it's, it's, not like, it's not like one or zero, right or wrong. Yeah. You know, like in Game of Thrones, good when and evil. Melisandre was like, if you want to use me and magic, think of it like you're holding a sword with no hilt. Like, Mm-hmm. better to have a sword in a battle than right. no sword but i don't have a hilt for you to hold this safely so right this could work out for you or it could be very bad <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I liked that image that she painted for magic because she was like it's not innate evil it's just like fire kind of unpredictable right it's more powerful than you are mm-hmm. and even if you can wield it you don't know exactly what it's going to do 100 yeah. of the time yeah it still is dangerous and of its own yeah, I like that being the basis for it. Not like she's a fire witch, so she was evil. You know, she was just a... Right. Yeah, and and in this, you know, they're using magic. Like, I feel like there's obviously stigmas with the dragons, <laughs> it seems yeah. like. And, well, there's uh, a stigma with all things mm-hmm. not expressly human. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like magic. Mm-hmm. They don't like dragons. I guess they're sort of ambiguous about how they feel about the gods. They don't really expressly talk about religion too much but the gods are like real tangible beings that helped them expel magic. Yeah. I don't know. It's as ambiguous as the rest of it so far. That's so funny too, because I've tried to think of ways to be able to do magic in real life. And Mm -hmm. the only things I can think of are when you hear stories about love is real magic. There you go. I should just do that. Love everything. Somebody had graffitied that onto like an overpass that I used to drive by all the time before I moved. It is nice though. It says something like love is real magic or something like that. 
or the only magic I believe in is love or you know, something to that <laughs> effect. And I was like, oh, that's that's cute. Yeah, that's sweet. I see what you're trying to put out there. Portraying a positive yeah. message on, yeah. in your street art. Rather than just like than a like, slur. <laughs> yeah. Rather than the stuff that I see on my way back, you know, home on the bus now that just I mean, it's just terrible stuff. Yeah. A lot of it's true, but not very eloquent. <laughs> uh, but the only sort of real magic I could ever find or try to find was like when people are talking about like stuff that happens like biblically, like Mm -hmm. at least. And when I say real, I mean like people believe in that still. So like Mm -hmm. you don't want to be tapping into magic because I think even in the Bible, they say like magic's bad, (laughs) (laughs) but exorcisms, people have done those and they talk about spirits and forgot how I was relating that to the book and looking for real magic. But Oh, you were saying that you were trying to find ways to do magic in real life. Yeah. Okay. Cause you were talking about how the people that they despise magic in this world. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have this like ambiguous sort of feeling with the gods and they'll use them when they need to dispel magic. So it's like they're, right. they're tapping yeah. into magic and using it to get rid of magic, which is just kind of ironic to me when in our world, I'm like looking for real magic and I'm like, you guys are tapping into it to get rid of it. And that's the only outlet I've even found that people are talking about that this is magic. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's right. just, I don't know. It felt a little ironic and funny to me. Mm-hmm. Just that they're still using magic to get rid of it. Just like ends justify the means, dude. I guess yeah. everybody's like, motto. What's her name in the Nightmare of the Wolf? She just started using monsters to beat up the witchers because whatever. The story was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It's a dumb story. The fights were awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The animation was dope. I haven't watched it a second time yet just because I've been busy or whatever, but I really Damn. want to because that was such like a cool looking mm-hmm. thing. And now that I'm not, I don't need to sit there and think about it. I can just watch it. And yeah, you know, I, I, not that I didn't enjoy it the first time, but I had to be thinking about it at the time because we were covering it or whatever. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was dumb. <laughs> well, I think that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking? That's got to be about it, right? Yeah. We're just waiting to sort of figure out the deeper involvement with her mom, seeing if the boys can finish the recon. <laughs> right. Or building the web, or net. Mm-hmm. And then uh, her dragon boyfriend in love triangle, because she starts to like their her betrothed now. Like, right. we don't know who she likes now. Yeah, we got to figure out how, because she's got to get out of the fort before the end of this book, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it would be weird for the book to stall out that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the pacing was so good. Up until- <laughs> <laughs> and so does she get out with his help? Like, do we spend enough time there that he recovers or whatever? Mm-hmm. Or does she get out without ever like interacting with him again since she stitches him up during the battle? Maybe he dies and she gets blamed for it. Possibly, right? Yeah. And then that gets one more person out of the way for Mama Bear to. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, I think that maybe the uh, question is how much do we let that part of the love triangle play out? Right. How much of that happens over the course of this book? Because she has to leave the castle where he lives. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't spend the next four months there, mm-hmm. then she's not going to be there long enough for him to be fully healed and join the story. Yeah. You know, aside from popping up again later. So I think the question is, how much do we let this triangle develop? Yeah. I wonder if it's passion yeah, for it's, Well, for I think him. that it's had a hint of a triangle, you know? Yeah. And I think with a hint, yeah. I think that the betrothed is the red herring. Because I think right. that the story is that, you know, she, if not romantically falls in love with the dragon, kind of discovers that she can feel some sort of compassion for the dragon, even though her people resent the dragons and magic and all of that. And at least learns that lesson that, you know, this is a, another being that I could have relatable emotion about. Dragonborn, their kids. 
Is that what that is? I would imagine a baby dragon human would be dragonborn. <laughs> Probably depending on the mythos. Oh, what if that's her? What if that's the mom? She's dragonborn. Uh, and that's why she's a snake. Interesting. That's Are the... snakes half human, half dragon? Yeah. All snakes. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that's like so, humans. It's so funny how I got there when you pointed out like that. <laughs> <laughs> Snakes are half human, half drag. Somehow got none of the aspects of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> that's how dominant the dragon genes are. Took off all the useful parts of a human. It just made you a long, like, <laughs> yeah, just a noodle, just yeah. a danger noodle is what they call a them. Danger on, noodle. That's what they call them on the internet, right? Really? That's the meme way to call them. <laughs> I didn't know. I've never heard that. Or a nope rope. Oh, I like that one too. Danger yeah. Noodle and Nope Rope. Those are good. Well, this Nope Rope, we need to figure out what her deal is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe that's why she's got like the black dragon pearl or whatever, because her heart's like half black and evil human. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's corrupted. It's a corrupted dragon. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so funny if that ends up being it. She's just like the first dragon kin or whatever. Is that what they're called? In the Forgotten Realms, yes. The greater phylum are called like dragon kin. I hope that this one ends at least with an answer as to what Rikama's actual motivations are. Yeah. Or where she lands on the org chart, you know, something. We got to get something about her before this one's over. Because otherwise, I don't know that you provide enough for people to want the next one for, you know. You have to give them something. Unless she's Voldemort, like the Superman bad guy. Yeah, and I guess she could be the Superman bad guy, but we still need to learn something more about her. Like at the end of Harry Potter, like we learn like the full story of love and yeah, yeah, and yeah. We get some pretty serious answers as to what the greater story is going to be, or we can at least see where things are going to progress at that point. You know, yeah, the very least a direction. At this point, I don't know what the direction is because the thing is to break the curse and depose their stepmother. But that seems like a pretty low goal given everything that's happening. Because now the kingdom's like at war. And all this other, like, all these really big picture things are happening. It seems odd for it to just be, but I guess that's what Into the Heartless Wood was. But mm -hmm. Into the Heartless Wood was also one book. You know? Yeah. It's always weird to me when a store is just like, we'll take back over because of our name and everyone in town's just going to be cool with that. You know, like she's just going to move back in with her brothers and they're all like, oh, it's cool that you kicked out the queen. Yeah. It's always, I guess, if it, things are better and the lower class don't have a say in it, <laughs> like they're, you know, I, Whatever. Right. That's sort of, you know, what people that I listened to back at the, you know, in the, at the time whenever Game of Thrones was happening, like the serfs don't give a shit who's on the throne. Yeah. Like they're going to get fucked anyways. It I doesn't guess, matter. I guess <laughs> the name is more like just maybe your reputation among the other people. And if you have their support, then they'll make their people do whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 There, there is a structure there that needs to be maintained for sure. Uh, and you got to have a good reputation. Yeah, I think the pacing is good and we'll find out a lot. I'd like to mm. I'd like to hear an actual true name rather than just the ambiguous three or four syllables that you whisper into the wind or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to get a real true name because I think we got like in Aragon, we got uh, the old butcher's true name. Like, didn't Aragon say what it actually was? No, it just I, it was just a, yeah, it was a thing of like two or three words. Dang it. See, yeah. that's the stuff I want. I kind of want those true names, even if they're just made up words. It's just I like, the, give me your... The trouble with doing that is that it's supposed to... Like, the general idea of a magical mm. true name is that it can only... Like, it explains everything about you or whatever. 
yeah in a name as opposed yeah. to then that's you know, like, like impossible. A, a sentence even or certainly not a paragraph or mm-hmm. you know essay or a novel and so that's incomprehensible yeah in a world where that doesn't exist yeah, <laughs> yeah it's your inner being with all the fat cut yeah. <laughs> like because the result the if you try to do it mm-hmm. is that you just you know you get four books. you give like a word and you spend three weeks learning the etymology as the author you spend mm-hmm. three weeks learning the etymology of that word and trying to figure out how that plays into what you're trying to say about this character that yeah. you're giving the true name for and it's just not worth it because it's not going to turn out well it's not going to be as good as you need it to be see but in this world where the magic is not explained so hard i would like it to just be like her name her true name is Leo, or whatever you know just right, like something yeah. fun and like mm-hmm. we get to hear i it. think that's what it's going to be probably good because i don't think it's a true name that is like the nature of you it's mm-hmm. that we it's just, just don't your, know her name like in uh lies of Locke lamora it's just their birth names yeah but Locke doesn't know his. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or does he? No, he does know it because the waters, whenever they're um, going back to Freeport, <laughs> that's not the name of it, that weird like magic presence in the water where they're all getting screwed up. Yeah. And they have to like concentrate to get through it. It whispers his true name to him and he's like, it knows my fucking actual name. So he knows his name. And I didn't realize it whispered his name to mm-hmm. him. I just thought that it whispered and he felt like the chill of it. Like I thought it was just like a power play. Like I know your name and I'm showing you right now. I could change your life immediately. You know, I thought no, it was like no, a power it, play. It's his actual name. So he knows it. Because it whispered everybody's name to them. That was part of the thing that was happening that was so crazy was everybody was hearing their own name and hearing the suggestions that the, the presence was making to get them to jump into the water. Does he remember it? Yeah, he knows what his name is. <laughs> Why don't we know? Because we're not supposed to. That was his first to. lie was what his name was. That's why that book was titled that. Was it his first lie? He didn't know his name before that moment when, we just, when he just got it then, right? Um, well, he says that his name is Locke whenever he gets taken in by the person who first trains him to be a thief. Yeah. Whenever he's just one of the orphans under the hill, he gives a false name at that point. Do you think he knew his name back then and if he just forgot it throughout the years? I don't of, think he ever forgot it. I don't know why you think he forgot it. I don't think he ever forgot it. I don't think he knew it at one point. I don't, I don't think he knows it. He, he knows it knows now, it. but I didn't think he knew it. No. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. I thought, I guess that was the big reveal at the end of the first book that the, the mage said his, his name. Yeah. And yeah, that's when I thought that work. he realized it wasn't his true name either. Oh, no. Because I, because I also don't remember him telling Jean what it is because I feel like that is something he would tell Jean. Mm-hmm. But, but it just I wasn't mean, important to the story. What, because it's important to me. I <laughs> <laughs> was like, the final big twist of the, you know, the fucking. They're just going to keep one. dangling it in front of us because they just had the, the mages say it close to the end of this last book. They're just going to dangle it in front of us a little bit earlier before the ending every time. And then we're finally going to get it in the sixth book. Like what his name was <laughs> when yeah. he's like talking to his girlfriend that we finally meet in the fifth book. It's Steve. <laughs> it's Steve Lamora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Lamora is not even his real last name either. No, I felt like that was it. That was his for realsies last name. No, we don't know his name at all. His name is. Lamora. Why would you only why would you make up half of your fake name and keep half of your real name if you're trying to protect your identity? I don't, I don't know. That's a good point. That's what they call out coaching yourself in sports, thinking too hard, trying to be like, oh, but if I have half my real name, they'll never suspect that, you no, know, hiding I, in plain sight. That sort I of thing. I never thought about it very hard. I just sort of thought he changed his first name. Mm-hmm. Like he said he was Locke. And then I, for some reason, don't remember him saying a full name. I just sort of, he probably said Locke Lamora at that point, mm-hmm. but I don't remember that. So I sort of just thought he was Locke 
And then when you find out well, more we about know, him, I don't think we knew that that was his false name at that point either, because the twist is that we find out that that's not his real name because the maid, the bonds magi is not able to take power over him. Yeah. And so that so up until that point, we also thought that that was his real name. Mm -hmm. um, just like all the other characters. But yeah, he, yeah, he always knew that that was not his real name he, because he's like a prodigy of this like lifestyle of being a criminal. Right. That's why yeah. he's so good. So even in the beginning, whenever he's first getting taken in, not by choice, mm -hmm. he knows, okay, I need to not tell them my real name. I need to protect my identity. For whatever reason, he is already savvy to the idea of a criminal lifestyle. That was a good word choice for the book style, too. <laughs> something they would have said. For some reason, I must have just made this up in my mind. I just thought that, like, his parents were Lamora. And they changed his first name from his true name. And he thought he was Locke Lamora. I don't know why I made that up in my mind, but that's just like the backstory I made up, I guess. <laughs> and then that's why I thought that he found out as well that it wasn't his true name, but mm -hmm. he like had his fingers crossed maybe that that was the case. Mm. It seems like the reckless type of thing he would do. Right. <laughs> like, I don't think this is my real name. Right. <laughs> I've just been going by that for I a while. I a good feeling about it. How long do you go by a name before it takes over your true name? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you go by another name, yeah. how long before it turns into your true name mm. or does it? In that world, I imagine it wouldn't because it seemed pretty like whatever's on your birth certificate. Yeah. <laughs> whatever your what mom called you. <laughs> pretty sure that's what they're trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd like to learn her true name. I'd like to get it. I think it's, it's just, just going to be BS. like Steve. Well, not literally Steve. Steve. It's going to be the, you know, the equivalent of whatever, you know, this version of Asian culture would have as like just a name. You know, it's not going to be anything ridiculous, I don't think, by any standard. I don't think it's like a like a true nature situation where your name like is who you are as an essence. I don't right. think it's anything like that. I think it's just yeah. a name. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's the way that it feels to me so far. Yeah, that's why I think this would be one of the first times that it actually could be given to us, and it's not like... The author went to decent enough lengths to say, we just don't know her fucking name. <laughs> we don't know what her name is. Nobody seems to know what her name is. She came from another land. The servants just call her Raikama, the nameless queen. Raikama. That sounds like something already. I'm sure that it should be. I just don't know Japanese well enough to tell you what that breaks down into. Well... I think that's all I got, dude. All right. The uh, next bit that we're reading is just the rest of it. We are finishing the book. Another 250-ish pages. Yeah. Maybe 230-ish. And then we start reading Dune. Yeah. Dune's excited. coming up. I'm pretty excited, too. That'll be fun. Um, you guys know how to find us at uh, Instagram and Twitter at ears underscore stamps. Anchor.fm slash ears dash stamps. You can support us directly there. That has links to everything. Uh, shout out to Ashley for the post-production. Thank you. Shout out to Anchor. Shout out Ashley. And uh, yeah, finish the book. Finish the book. We'll see you all next week. Get hyped for Dune. I'm hyped. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. This is Dog Years and Timestamps.